This is Stereoactive Presents. I'm your host, Jeremiah McVeigh, and in this episode, I'm joined by Charles Hinshaw to discuss the latest and most likely final installment in the Indiana Jones series. Directed by James Mangold, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas, John Reese davies Toby Jones, Boyd Holbrook, Eitan Isidore, and Mads Mikkelsen. In just a moment, you'll hear my review of the film, followed by my discussion with Chuck. Back in 2005, I went to a midnight screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark at the Paris Theater in New York City. Karen Allen was there and talked about a fourth Indiana Jones movie uh, that was finally about to happen, and she had heard that Natalie Portman was in talks to play the daughter of Indy and Marion. A few years later, the movie she seemed to describe was out, but with Shia LaBeouf as their son instead of anyone as their daughter. And now we have a fifth movie in which Indy has a daughter figure. Perhaps this was a course correction to whatever developments Karen Allen spoke of, or perhaps not. Who knows? Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny is more than capably directed by James Mangold. That said, Spielberg's absence is somehow felt throughout. After all, it seems a bit odd that a film that almost certainly will be the last in the series due to its star's age doesn't just, you know, have the same director as the four that came before it. Harrison Ford is reasonably believable as an octogenarian action star, and the film does embrace his aging, but it's all kind of an odd choice for a character that River Phoenix and Young India side seemed in some ways ageless. In the end, it's hard to see this as a necessary installment in the franchise. From this point on, we may discuss elements of the plot that some would consider spoilers, so if you don't want to know anything about the movie, you may want to skip the rest of the episode, but we hope you'll come back and listen to it at some point. So, Chuck, I feel like I was sounding maybe a little harsher on the movie in that in that review than perhaps I actually was. Like I found it yeah. entertaining enough, but it, yeah. it, not 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 the same level as uh at least the first and the third in the series. What what did yeah. you think? I agree. Uh, I I agree that it's odd that Spielberg's not involved uh, as director. I don't know if he was he producer. Maybe he's executive producer. Okay, so he didn't do it. Um, as we know, think, by the executive think. producer uh, credit. Um, and so yeah, yeah, I agree. It's I mean I like James Mangold. For the most part, he's a little like a gun for hire at this point in his career, uh, despite starting with such a really fresh movie like Copland. Um, uh, but it doesn't mean he's not fully capable and talented. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, Spielberg and his style was very much a part of what made Indiana Jones work. Right. So without that, it's a little flat um and my biggest concern was that there wasn't a lot of indiana jones stuff in it uh when you when i think of indiana jones i think of you know cave dwelling and uh digging in the dirt and you know that that kind of stuff you you know 
you get in Raiders, like in the opening scene in Raiders and uh, all throughout Temple of Doom and and the sort of um, there's a little bit of it, but not much of that sort of uh, fine, you know, kind of like scavenger hunty sort of thing that you got in Last Crusade. Uh, so I, I, w- I, w- I felt like I was missing that part. There is one sequence where they do go into a cave and do that stuff, but it's very short compared to a lot of the other mm-hmm. sequences. I was very surprised at the length of the opening sequence. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is going on yeah. uh, for a while. And I mean, I, I am if- and I'm not. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is, I don't know if I'm just getting older. I've seen too many movies or this thing that Hollywood's doing just isn't working for me. The de-aging? Well, not the de-aging. Okay, go I ahead. I thought that Sorry. Um, the length. Like, movies two and a half hours long. Right. Does it need to be? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's whole sections that were sort of unnecessary. And I've I feel like I guess I feel like on the podcast of late, I've made comments about films lengths yeah. more so than I have in the past. And so I, I'm clearly like on this. Kick where I'm just I don't know if this needs to be this long. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you're not the only one. I hear a lot of <laughs> yeah. people talk about that because I do think movies, especially like tentpole movies or supposedly mm-hmm. tentpole movies um, are longer than they used to be. Like, n- yeah, it's rare you get a movie that comes in under two hours like Barbie. Right. Right. But sorry. That was ahead. one of my fa- I mean, that was one of my favorite things about Barbie. It was <laughs> how short it uh, was. And just, you know, going into a, a theater and being uh, and. You know, I'm very sort of like I get uncomfortable. Like people can really annoy me in theaters for various reasons, and right. So to only sit through ninety minutes to two hours of them being annoying versus like two and a half to three <laughs> sure. is is one part of it. There, I want to share of a, a, a moment. Um, kids sat behind me uh, at at this screening I went to of of Indiana Jones, and he was with his dad and. Um, Part way about 15 minutes in, he goes, Is that Indiana Jones? And his dad says, Yes. And he's like, Indiana Jones is good, right? And his dad's like, Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, What horrendous parenting is this? Where you just like take your kid to the Indiana Jones movie, sight unseen, <laughs> like no backstory, no let's watch at least the first one, right. you know, that whole thing. So, you know, the the youth is just deprived is is really my my takeaway sure um but uh yeah i thought it was entertaining i you know i like seeing harrison ford i felt like he there were like multiple car chases because he couldn't run so like they had to get him i didn't really think of it like that that makes a lot of sense now (laughs) or like get him on a horse or something like they had to get him in on some kind of conveyance (laughs) because when he tried to run he just looked old um and I thought the de-aging looked good if he didn't move. Yeah. It was like, because that first shot where they reveal him, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. But then he sort of starts moving and talking, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely better than Princess Leia in Rogue One or yep. Peter Cushing in Rogue One. Yeah. Um, but I, I've I heard it's people... better than Irishman. Better than Yeah, pro- I don't know. For some reason, I... It didn't bother me as much in the Irishman, maybe because they're not doing like 
action in that movie. But um, <laughs> sure. I, I've heard people refer to this as, as video game Indiana. Um, mm. Like the, the de-aged version of him at the beginning of the movie. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I do think like if you saw this in a video game, you'd be fucking amazed. But in a movie, it just feels like slightly unrealistic. Like there's something off about it. And yeah, yeah, it just it didn't quite work for me. For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree that I don't know that it was necessary as it's kind of like this great character with these really iconic movies goes out with a bit of a whimper. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I like Phoebe Waller bridge. I thought she was really good. I liked her character sort of being this is sort of Marion Ravenwood esque, where it's, she's, uh, can take care of her own and is kind of out for her own thing, but is right. also, you know, has a thing for Indy and, uh, has a history and a, and a, an affection there. Right. Um, Antonio Banderas was in it. Yeah. For, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that would be the sequence that I would cut would yeah. be the ocean. The, yeah. Yeah. The that was sequence. weird. That was, that was a weird sequence. I have to say. Yeah, it didn't really it's it seemed like you could have gotten to where they were going to go without that. Mhm. Um and made it shorter. Yeah. Um But other than that, I mean, it was fine. I mean, I guess it was better than Crystal Skull. I didn't so I watched the original 3. Mhm. And then I watched about 20 minutes of Crystal Skull. And I didn't turn it off because I was like not into it i just got busy and then it was time to go see this one and i was like all right fine yeah um but i do remember really feeling annoyed at crystal skull uh this time when you watch part of it or when you know the, the first time when i first because yeah. i thought it was weird that they made about alien and um i was like you know archaeology I, I guess there's people who sort of you know the aliens built the pyramids or whatever but uh to me, it's more fun when it was about a, <laughs> some other sort of mystical thing. Yeah, like I know. <laughs> the Holy Grail. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, we'll, get, we'll get to that in this movie, too, maybe in a second. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I guess I, I actually rewatched the first probably 45 minutes to an hour of Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was like I just kind of didn't go back to it. And, and as I remember, it's like the stuff after where I stopped that, where, that was more annoying when I saw mm-hmm. it before. But that was a movie that I think in theaters, I enjoyed it more than other people. I think I was just kind of high on like seeing Indiana Jones again. Sure. Um, and then when I tried to watch it, when it came out on like, uh, I don't know, probably DVD at that point, uh, <laughs> I was sort of like, what is this? <laughs> what right. are we doing here? And, and like the whole mutt thing never yeah. really sat well with me. I was like, what is this? Like the, it's the entrance of Mutt looking like Marlon Brando yeah. in, uh, I'm forgetting the name of that The movie. Wild Ones? Yeah, The Wild Ones, in, in The Wild Ones. Just, I will never fathom why anyone thought that that was a good idea. It's just so dumb. But, yeah, I, uh, think the, I think the whole, like, remember how we made it super about the 40s in the f- first three? Now yeah. we're going to make it super about the 50s. That, I thought, was less interesting 
Right. It was, it sort of seemed like overkill. Like they were like trying too hard. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think the stuff that was in some ways most interesting about this one, like almost paradoxically for me was like, I, I did appreciate in a way how they were embracing um, Harrison Ford's age and not mm-hmm. other than the f- opening scene um, right. and, and kind of playing with that. But it was, just, it, it seemed more like it was obligatory rather than an exploration of it to, to some degree. Sure. Until the yeah. end when they really lean on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was very jarring to have Indiana Jones in a movie where someone's listening to the Beatles for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, I was like, wow. Right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But, I don't, the age thing. I, I agree that, you know, they, they're, nobody had a great, idea about what it should be yeah they had to come up with something in order to make this movie right that's how it felt yeah yeah it it did feel like that Mm -hmm. and um i do find it interesting like having the two of us recently watched the latest mission impossible Mm -hmm. and then watching this the, the way that they approach their aging star, two of the last real stars of Hollywood. Um, and for one, they both have like these car chases with these weird little cars, um, right? Th- right. These goofy little cars. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. Um, direct uh, linkage, I guess. But then also just the fact that like Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible franchise has basically become about him as a meta textual thing, sort of being like, yeah, none of you, none of you guys can do what I do. None <laughs> of you young guys can do what I do. Come at me. I will keep being the star of this thing. Right. And you will be the villain or my, my lackey. At <laughs> and, yeah. and it's about how none of you can do this. And once I'm gone, this is over. And, and then this is like a, a different spin on that, where it's like, Oh, why am I still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, Harrison Ford is is that it's I watched a video of him going through his career as like a vanity fair yeah, yeah. retrospective. Have you seen that? I think I did, yeah. And um the the comment that's synthesized it the best was like Harrison Ford being unimpressed with his own career for 20 minutes. And that was like what it was, because he would just be they would ask, like, what you know. Star Wars or Indiana Jones would be like, so George called me and I, you know. We oh, yeah. He's terrible at speaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, yeah. he's just not. I, I feel like the, the crews like loves what he does and puts all this energy into it and is so like rah, rah about that stuff. And, and Harrison Ford is very just like, yeah, um, we did a thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's the difference. I think Harrison Ford, by all accounts, loves what he does. Yes. Meaning making a movie. He hates everything around making a movie. He hates promoting a movie. Uh, He hates talking about movies. He hates being interviewed. All that shit. Um, The contrast, I think, too, I did see that, uh, that whether it was Vanity Fair or GQ, they do the like kind of similar things. Um, I don't remember which it was, but. I did see that, but the the, the counterpoint to that maybe is mm-hmm. him at con, right? Uh, 
Um, did you see that? I saw some where he gets very emotional. Yeah, he got super emotional when they presented him with with some sort of like life achievement award, essentially. Right. And um, it was very touching. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of am pro his attitude about things. Uh, I like the less flashy. I mean, I love Tom Cruise, but uh, I love Tom Cruise like as a filmmaker, and I like his movies. I definitely feel sometimes when I watch him in interviews, I'm just like, all right. Uh, and, um, but Harrison Ford, I'm, and I find it really interesting to see him be so like mellow and like, yeah, whatever about stuff and then see him act. Yeah. And he's like very alive and, and really, uh, in it. And so, I mean, you know, I, I guess if, if it weren't for him, it's a weird thing to say, but like, this movie means nothing without him. (laughs) And, uh, and there is a level of, of just getting to see him be Indiana Jones one more time. That is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like they, they, they acknowledge that this is going to be the last thing in the, within the movie. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. But, but, Okay, let's talk, let's talk about the end. Okay. I I was I don't even know how I feel about it. Like Are they, you talking about the time travel? Yeah, thing? they travel okay. through time and he meets right. Archimedes. Is Yeah. And he wants to stay there because he's outgrown his usefulness in his own time essentially, outgrown right. his life or something. Yeah. And it's just like what the fuck is happening here? Like Yeah. I don't know. I I I wasn't like necessarily yeah. totally against it, but I was just baffled more than anything. I think it follows the crystal skull uh, path yeah. of upping the ante to a point that like, yeah, I know it doesn't make sense that you open the arc and then like ghosts fly out of it and yeah. kill everybody. Like, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense that, you know, he drinks from the Holy Grail and like saves his dad. And like, what are they like eternally youthful now? Like, how does that work? I get it. But this is too far. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. This- why is it too far? I guess like, that's what I, I can't quite put my finger on. Cause like, that's the, yeah. that's the internal thing for me. I'm like, this right. seems like too much, but why is it too much? Why did yeah. those work? And this didn't. And the Cause I think those were, didn't. those were, Honestly, like even though you know the arc and the and even the the I don't know what you want to call it voodoo or whatever you want to call it in the Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's a very uh, confused movie culturally. <laughs> yes, like yes, voodoo in, in India or wherever <laughs> yeah, they are. Exactly. Um, and but you know, all I mean, the, and like you know, like they pull the heart out and the guys survive yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, but. All of that is still grounded in this like mythology of humanity and the concept that archaeology and an archaeologist like Indiana Jones is is into, which is that, you know, the ancient stuff is the most pure because it has power by being so ancient and it rests, you know, in the ground and we dig it up and we we go into the past and all this stuff. Aliens and time travel don't fall into that hmm. category. I buy this. Yeah, I, that's that's a good one. I like. It. <laughs> yeah, they're like not at all related to human history 
or you know i don't care if you you know whatever weird alien conspiracy theory you have it's not the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not on the same level as these other things and uh and those are also just like single you know even though they try to do it like the skull and the dial like the arc or the cup they have like powers that shift you know the world whereas the arc and the cup are like very to the moment that they're in right and then you put it in a box it goes away yeah um so i'm making this up as i say it but i know but this is making a lot of sense is. you're doing very good with this <laughs> yeah i think that's what it is because i'm with you where it's like why is that why is this fantastical thing like make more sense than this other fantastic right thing? i think that's why no i think you're right i think you're right like i, I mean you could make the argument that like i don't know if there's a real dial of destiny is that a thing that like any version of that existed I have no clue. And, I, I, I mean, obviously not Archimedes in the form chapter. of this movie, but like, <laughs> you know, uh, I have no, I don't know that much about Archimedes, you know? I guess all those guys like Archimedes and, you know, those, those ancient dudes, like they were just like making shit, right? They were yeah. just like coming up with, and they were engineers in a way, right? Right. They were always coming up with things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 even if, even if some version of a dial of destiny existed, something that looked like a dial that Archimedes made, Mm -hmm. um, I do think the difference as you're kind of like pointing to is that this movie makes it be something that he couldn't have made. Right. Well, it's otherworldly. It's other, it's otherworldly. It's other timely or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. cause he, he's pulling technology from the future to make a thing. Whereas like, yeah, the arc and the grail mm-hmm. have this like mythos around them. Right. Because of what they are, not what mm-hmm. they're adding on for the movie. And I mean, it does, it aligns. I mean, it may be, to the consternation of some, but there is that like Judeo Christian sort of thing that it sure lines up with. And I don't know, that makes a little bit more sense than aliens uh, <laughs> or time travel. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think they could have like picked something from another major religion and yeah, probably. gone with that. It, yeah. It, it's, I, I think you're right that there's something about it being like an actual human object, even if they're imbuing it with magical powers. It's right. magical powers. It's not technology from other world or other time. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I think. I think it is. I think you're. I think you're onto something. We solved it. Now, had they listened to us before they made this, <laughs> they yeah, might right. have, might have gone a different direction. Yeah. I mean, I, there's probably someone out there who has watched every episode of the old Young Indiana. <laughs> young indie series or whatever yeah. it's called i watched some of that when it was on back in the 90s and yeah. loved their books kid. too and i read the young indie books yeah um i bet someone out there who has all that cataloged and memorized or whatever could tell us like well they did this kind of stuff in in that all the time like, right right yeah right. that's not the point <laughs> the yeah. movies are a thing that exists on their own those things are peripheral i'm sorry <laughs> no they are yeah for sure and and the movies tap into something i think that's the well and the other thing is the movies were based on film series yeah and that's what they did in the film series was they you know rode horses and gotten you know like not through the subway right <laughs> you know they they were adventure stories about ancient things yeah not you know this kind of 
hyper almost science fiction. Yeah. I, I do think that's another reason that it doesn't make sense for Indiana Jones to exist in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? Right. Cause right, the yeah. serials don't really, I mean, maybe they go into the fifties a ways, but a little bit, but not by 1969. I don't think so. No, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, he, he's not only out of time, he's out of like his genre or format. <laughs> right. At that right. point, you know? Yeah. Agreed. But, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought it was weird. I thought the whole thing was really weird. He goes in time. And then I swear there's some other movie where someone does the same thing. Like they go back in time and they're like, I'm going to stay here. Oh, I'm sure there's more than one. Yeah. It just, and, and I couldn't remember what it was, but it, it had that feeling of like, I've been here before yeah. and uh, this doesn't feel right. And then I didn't believe that she like not, not taking anything away from Phoebe Waller bridge, but I didn't totally believe that she could just knock him out with one punch. And that he would awaken like the next two, three days later or whatever. She really had to like wallop him uh, yeah. for that. Is that call. what it was? I've forgotten now. Like she, she knocked him out and he's out for that long. He's out no, for he'd a also while. been shot, hadn't he? That's what it was. He was shot? Yeah, he'd been shot. Okay. When they, yeah. And so she might have knocked him out, but like he was out for so long because he'd been shot. Okay. Maybe that makes sense. I mean, but, they still yeah. had to like drag his ass into that plane yeah, yeah. And, and figure out the dial and all that right. stuff. Uh, it was, it was, you know, of all the things, these are the yeah. things. It, it is weird with movies where I, I encounter this with, um, oh, I wish I could remember what the movie was where someone was like, uh, oh, with Mission Impossible, uh, a friend of mine recently was like, I was so bored watching Mission Impossible. And, you know, they're like riding through Italy in a car chase, and it just seems so unrealistic. And then in the next breath, they were like, but I watched uh, half of Lord of the Rings, and I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And there is something weird about movies where you're just willing to suspend your disbelief only to a degree. Right. And then it just starts to feel. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for like, you can suspend your disbelief for an imaginary world, but when Mm -hmm. a movie ostensibly takes place in the world you live in, even though it's really not, but you know, right. That's what mission impossible would have you believe. Um, then I can kind of understand. I don't agree with it, but I kind of understand. Well, you're really eliminating like most action movies from your, sure. Well, they don't like a repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. That'll love other movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, any final thoughts about Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny? Um, you know, I love Harrison Ford. I want him to do more stuff, not necessarily this, but he's yeah. one of those guys. I don't know. I've been like getting morose and thinking about Clint Eastwood dying recently and how sad that's going to be for me. And he's another one. Harrison Ford's yeah. another one who it's like, you know, when he's gone, that's going to suck. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, he's about to be in some Marvel stuff. And right, right. They probably, I, I bet I wouldn't, I don't know. He could probably, I'm going to forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say they could probably just keep having him in movies even after he's dead at this point oh, that's, for Marvel. But yeah, that would if anybody could be like, you, you don't own my likeness in perpetuity right. for your AI bullshit, it, it would be. I'd love to see him do one more like witness or something. Yeah. You know, just, like yeah, one, do a drama. Do like a, a thriller drama like witness or frantic, whatever, like all these one word titles. Yeah. And because uh, instead of just hopping on franchises 
right. which I'm sure is lucrative and you know, he yeah. probably enjoys it. And I, I guess shrinking is funny. I didn't watch it, but I haven't seen it either. Yeah. But I'd love to see him do like one, at least one more of those kind of movies. Cause he's so good in those. And yeah. Same. Same. So that's right, my well, final thought about this movie is I'd love to see a different movie with him. In it. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, Chuck. No problem. Thank you for listening to Stereoactive Presents, and thank you to our guest, Charles Henshaw. The music in this podcast is composed by Hansdale Sue. My name is Jeremiah Lee McVeigh. If you like what you hear in the show, please rate and review it in Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows that. Doing so helps us to expand our audience, and it's much appreciated. And please follow us wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Every little bit helps, and like I said, it is truly appreciated. You can also get in touch with us at stereoactivemedia at gmail.com, and you can find more information about this show and everything else that Stereoactive Media is involved with at stereoactivemedia.com. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media. Stereoactive Media.